This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. That's great. Thank you, Adam. Good morning. Welcome to Jubilee. It's great to see you. Great to have you with us this morning. Let me add my welcome to Adams if you're visiting us. It's really so good to have you with us. Thank you for being here. Really good to see you. You had a good summer? Yeah. I think it's gone really quickly. That's what it feels like for me. Maybe it doesn't in your house. (laughs) But suddenly it feels like, oh, the summer's gone. Adam's still in his shorts, so (laughs) it's all... I was going to say all good, but from this, it's, it's all something anyway. It's all something. <laughs> but it's uh, really good to be back. And uh, I think I've forgotten how to preach, actually, because I wasn't preaching over the summer. And so, oh, oh, harsh. First Sunday back in September, I'm getting heckled already. That's just not on by another short-wearing person. Goodness me. This is just not what I expect. You tell him off later. Fantastic. Very, very good. So for those of you who were preaching or hosting or leading over the summer, thank you so much. Uh, So good to have your voice and your uh, contribution. So thank you if you were were part of that. I know many of us were devoted. And I promised there would be good weather. And was there good weather? Hallelujah. (laughs) So we had a fantastic weekend camping uh, with other churches from across Christ Central, our family of churches, uh, over in Stafford for the weekend. Fantastic time. Uh, Lou Fellingham did a great job leading worship for us. She's actually leading worship at the Derby City Mission celebration next weekend at Riverside. It's name it reminds me. And uh, had a really good time as church family away. So I do want to encourage you, book in for next year if you haven't done so yet. If you book in now, you can pay by installments. So a nice, easy way of spreading the cost over the year. Uh, book in and, uh, and you can do that. And uh, kids are very cheap. I forget how much it is for kids, but 20 quid. 20 quid. There you go. Um, so book in now, pay by installments, get your kids in a uh, really good price, August bank holiday next weekend, next, next weekend, next year, <laughs> it will come round soon enough. And I can promise you weather once again. <laughs> so there you go. And hopefully next Sunday we'll show you a little video that some of our youth did uh, as a sort of music video to the solid ground song that you guys did this morning so you can look forward to that uh, next Sunday one thing if I can ask you to pray for me this week uh, Adam talked about uh, Christ Central being our family of churches I'm part of the team that helps lead that and bring some shape to that uh, we've got a team meeting this week up in Harrogate I think we are this time uh, so I'm up there for a couple of days this week so if you remember to pray for on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, I would certainly appreciate that uh, as, uh, as we meet together and uh, you can pray for Sarah and the kids who are uh, will be here as well. That would be, be really good. So over these next couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to be uh, really reminding us of some of the things that God has said to us as a church. 
looking at what our vision is, looking at some of the things that God has said to us previously, and some of the things that we feel as a leadership team that God is saying to us now, and that he's encouraging us to press into. This originally was going to be a one Sunday message, and uh, Sarah actually was going to preach next Sunday. And I know many of you have been looking forward to that. Uh, and our next series from our sort of Pursuing His Presence Academy. Unfortunately, she's not going to be doing that uh, next Sunday. Our, uh, the youngest person in our house currently has got chicken pox uh, and got it quite badly. So any thought of preaching uh, has gone well and truly out of the window at the moment as, uh, as we look after her. So uh, we're going to get another date for Sarah to preach uh, sometime soon, but what it does mean that I get two weeks to do this rather than trying to cram it into one, which is good, because uh, there's lots that I want to, to say and lots that I want to communicate, and I'm very much looking forward to these messages. So why don't we pray, and uh, then we'll get into it together, okay? Father, we want to thank you for your goodness, thank you, Lord, for your presence, and we thank you for your word. And we pray that as we open it together and look at some of the things that you've said to us specifically as a church and things that you're calling us to, God, we pray it come alive to us. Father, if we've heard some of this before, would it, uh, would it catch a light afresh? Lord, if it's new to us, would it land well in our hearts? We pray you be with us now, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what has God said to us previously? Well, if you've been around Jubilee for any length of time, you'll probably be aware that really the sort of foundational verses, the passage of Scripture that God spoke to us about really early on in our history, right from the beginning of Jubilee, uh, was from Acts chapter 2. And these verses in Acts 2, we'll read them in a moment, describe something of the early church birth just after the uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now, we need to understand, friends, that the early church was not perfect. We know that because much of the New Testament is Paul and other apostles writing to these churches to correct wrong practice and doctrine that was uh, getting a bit uh, off-center and other things that were going on. So we know it wasn't all perfect, but what Luke describes in Acts chapter 2, right at the very beginning, right at the birth of the church, it was great. And we know even early on there were some things that got in and needed to be sorted. So I'm not trying to say it was all perfect. And we're not looking back with rose-tinted spectacles. But listen, they got an awful lot of it right. And what we read about in these few verses that we'll read in just a moment actually is, you know, before false teachers got in, before there were divisions and strife and other things, is right early days. And it gives us a window, a picture into what it was like to be part of the church at that point. So if you've got a Bible with you, just turn with me to Acts chapter 2. You can turn or scroll or click or whatever you got. Well, for some of you, just recall from memory. There we are. Those of you who are sitting there looking particularly holy can just recall from memory Acts chapter 2. And we'll read from verse, verses 42. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Frustratingly, Luke doesn't tell us what they were. <laughs> he just tells us there were lots of them and they were, people were in awe by it. And you think, I read that and go, what are they doing? I want to know. <laughs> but he doesn't tell us that. What he does tell us is this. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this passage. I really do. Doesn't it sound like a great church? Wouldn't you want to be part of a church like that? You think, yeah, that sounds great. I want to get there. I want to be part of that community. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Now, this was something they were devoted to. It wasn't just an add-on to an already busy life. It wasn't something they just happened to do you know, once a week. No, this was foundational to all they were. They were devoted to these things, to receiving teaching, to one another, to worship, to prayer, to the breaking of bread, to remembering the Lord Jesus. So devoted to these things. Their newfound faith clearly gripped them and shaped their entire life. And then you've got the way that they loved one another and cared for one another, flying out of it. I love it. And it's from this passage and from <clears throat> others as well that we get really what we came up with as our core values in Jubilee. To love God, to love one another, to love those who don't know Jesus yet, to serve the city and to reach nations. And we've expressed some of those things differently at different times. And I'm not sure, if I'm honest, how much to say about them because I could very easily take the next five weeks and do a message on each of them. But the miracle that I'm praying for this morning is that I'll be able to summarize them in the time that is available to us. And if I am able to do that, then believe me, the time of miracles has not passed. Loving God, loving one another, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, serving the city and reaching nations. These things, friends, are foundational to who we are. Right at the very heart of, uh, of Jubilee are, are these things. So important to us, our core values, if you want to call them that. And so it starts with loving God, right Throughout the pages of the New Testament, we see this as an important value of the early church. And it came out of a heart that had been gripped by and totally transformed by the grace of God. And it flowed from firstly receiving God's love and then in turn loving him. 
Actually, it goes right away back to something Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, where on one occasion, verse 25, you can have a look. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law? Jesus asked. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And with all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Right the way back, written in Old Testament law. Again, commended by Jesus. And love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your might. That pretty much encompasses it all, doesn't it? Really, love, love God with everything that you've got. Loving Him is so important and should be the number one priority in your life. Yes, loving your significant other, if you have one, is important. Loving your kids, if you have any, is important as well. But loving God centralizes your, centers your life. If anything or anyone claims top spots other than loving God, then something's wrong. This is the foundation to your life, to all of your life. You know, if you build on a wobbly foundation, everything's at risk, isn't it? If you build on a good foundation, there's something solid there that you can build upon. And friends, this is a solid foundation for your life. So I want to ask you, how do you work it out in practice? If loving God is so important to everything else that we do, how do you work it out? I guess we immediately think of times like we've had this morning, don't we? That loving God together, worshipping Him, and that is great, and I love that, and it was so good to do that again this morning. But it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's not just a couple of hours once a week. Does worship, does loving God play a part in your life? Do you have time for worshipping the Lord, for reading His Word, for prayer and meditation and seeking Him? How do you do that? You know, it will look different for each of us. Each of us have got different circumstances, or a different life stage, different pressures on our time. It will look different for each of us. I'm not proposing that one size fits all and one model is the right way to do it. But I am asking the question, how does it work out for you? How do you do that? Whatever it looks like, I want to encourage you. Your number one foundation, your number one priority, make it loving God. Just as for us as a church, say, you know what? That's the most important thing for us, to love God with everything that we have. So flying on from loving God is loving one another. Jesus said in John 13, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus makes it clear, doesn't he? This was not just a suggestion. This was not a, if you like to, you might consider doing this. Now, Jesus says, I give you a new command. 
And when Jesus says, I'm giving you a command, we would do well to listen up and pay attention. And you command to love one another. But you notice something else that's going on here. Jesus goes on and says, by doing this, other people will notice that you are my disciples. It's not just something that will have benefit to others around you who already love God, but actually those who don't yet know the love, goodness, and grace and forgiveness of God will see something of God in this. They will see that you are his disciples. It's not by clever advertising and marketing, not by sensational services, but by loving one another. So what does it mean? Well, if it's going to mean anything, it needs to have a practical outworking, doesn't it? It needs to have some reality to it. It needs to be visible and seen. It has to be something that we do, not just something that we talk about. And the illustration that Luke gives here is one of financial help. So selling their possessions and goods they gave to one another, gave to anyone as he had needs. My guess is this was only part of their care, but it was an important part nevertheless. It was part of loving one another. The welfare of one another was clearly more important to them than the size of their bank balance. I wonder, is that true of you? We're going to hear a story about this in just a moment. But we, we can go on. We see in Acts 4 that we're told there are no needy persons among them. People sold land or homes and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This meant that they trusted them to distribute it as they saw fit. To me, this looks a lot more than just giving their tithe or their basic offering however you might describe it. It looks like wholehearted devotion. So my question is, are we devoted not just to the Lord, but to one another? To loving one another and doing that in practice and expressing that in a way that blesses people. Sandra, why don't you just come and share what we were talking about yesterday. Can I have a mic, Adam, please? Yeah, we can Sandra have a mic, Sandra, please. Thank you. That Psalm 62, can I just rewrite it? <laughs> You're right. So, <laughs> so my, <laughs> my version is, um, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. And when I am shaken, he is gracious and brings me back to him. I can't honestly say I will never be shaken. <laughs> hmm. So in March, uh, most of you know, I very suddenly left work which is another testimony of God's rescue, really. Um, and that was fine. And financially, Jonathan and I are okay with that if we didn't have a barn to build. But <laughs> we do. And that leaves us with uh, not enough money, no money, which has been quite challenging and thought-provoking. And gradually, we became more and more um, convinced that I need to get another job because the way, if you've no money, the best way is to get money <laughs> um, by working. And, um, and then over Devoted, um, Jonathan, at the end of Devoted, came to me. Jonathan said that he really felt God had been saying we need to trust him. 
and we need to, um, yeah, trust him, basically. So fine, great, that lets me off the hook. <laughs> um, the Sunday after Devoted, uh, we came to church. I put my bag down next to me. We stood and we worshipped and we chatted to people. And at the end, there was an envelope in my bag, just with our names written on the front um, in capital letters. I've, we have absolutely no idea who put the envelope in our bag. But when I opened the envelope when I got home, it was full of cash. Not enough to build a barn, but how amazing is that, that God has spoken to someone in this church. Mm. It's somebody here, we have no idea who, and I don't want to know who, but I thank you from the bottom of our hearts, because that was such an encouragement to us. You know, God has challenged us to trust him, and then someone else has stepped out and blessed us with an envelope stuffed full of cash. <laughs> Wonderful. And what you don't know as well, Jonathan was just telling me in the car coming here that at the prayer meeting on Wednesday, somebody gave Jonathan a word saying, let go, God saying to him, let go and trust God. And how amazing is that? That fits in as well. Yeah, wonderful. Great. Thank you, Sandra. Good of it to hear stories like that. Good, because God's speaking. People are stepping out in faith. God's speaking to somebody else. They respond, do something with it practically. And there's blessing and joy. And it's great, isn't it? That's how, the, the phrase you used as we were talking about yesterday, Sandra, was, that's our church. It's good, isn't it? Which is great. So, well done, Jubilee. Loving one another. It's in practice. It's something that, that we do. But it goes on to love those who don't know Jesus yet. I don't know about you, but have, have you ever wondered? I've sometimes wondered this. Have you ever wondered, why doesn't the Lord take you straight to heaven as soon as you put your trust in him? Have you ever thought, or is it, maybe it's just me. Have you ever thought, gosh, life would be a lot easier if just suddenly, after putting my trust in Jesus, the Lord said, okay, Come on home. Like, ah, challenges, gone. <laughs> Difficult circumstances, ended. Just like in a moment. Have you ever thought that? Now, now you're just making me think it's just me. I think some of us think that sometimes. But the reason that he doesn't do that, certainly one of the reasons that he doesn't do that, is so that we can love people that don't know Jesus yet. Because if we weren't here to tell them and show them, then who would? You know, we're not responsible for generations past. We're not responsible personally for generations to come. But you know what? God has put a whole load of people around us right now that we do have an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with and to love those who don't know Jesus yet. Now, I know there are other reasons that God doesn't take us straight to heaven. I know that. We learn to trust him. We learn to see him true to his word and other things. But you know what? One of the reasons is that we can love people who are far from God. The purpose of the church is to extend the kingdom of God, to reach those who are currently far from him and to bring something in the, of his rule and reign to their life. If you think the purpose of the church is just about worship, then you've missed it. Yes, that's part of it, but it's so much more 
as well. Worship is central, obviously. But there's so much more that God has for us to do in loving people who are far from him. Surely before Jesus was taken back to heaven, he gave his disciples some instructions. You may be familiar with the verses. They come at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. And Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Do you notice that Jesus' instructions here wasn't to stay, weren't to get comfortable, but rather to go. Therefore, go, said Jesus. Go to people who don't know me yet. Go make disciples. Go share this good news. Go demonstrate God's love. Then just in case the disciples needed any more explanation or persuasion that this was really what Jesus wanted, again he speaks to them. This time it's recorded at the beginning of Acts, in Acts chapter 1. Jesus says in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, the theme is here to go once they've been empowered by the spirit so the holy spirit comes to bring power for mission power to witness power to step out and so often we can think oh the holy spirit comes to 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 comfort us and to give us a warm sort of fuzzy feeling and to help us worship all that's true he does do those things In Scripture, the Holy Spirit is described as the comforter. He does come to us to comfort. He does come to us to uh, give us assurance of our salvation. He does do that. And those things are important. But what does Jesus say here? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. He gives you power to be a witness. Smith Wigglesworth, the famous evangelist of the last century, once put it like this. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to empower you to be an effective witness. How many of us sometimes feel rather ineffective at witnessing for the Lord? Anyone else? The Holy Spirit comes to bring you power Power to witness, power to speak of him, power to demonstrate his love and his goodness. It's interesting that in both cases, Jesus has his sights firmly set on the nations. We'll talk about that very briefly before we finish. But this power, the Holy Spirit coming in power, I think ties in brilliantly with our new encounter evenings that we started just this week on Wednesday night. We've made some changes to our monthly prayer meetings and uh, we're now calling them encounter nights and we're sort of beefing them up a bit. We're doing it a little bit differently, a bit more creatively, thinking about how we might do it well to encourage us to encounter the Lord afresh. 
And sometimes you talk about that, as you use that sort of language, people can think, oh, it's all about me encountering the Lord so that I'm blessed. Well, you will be blessed. But the blessing isn't meant to stop here. It's meant to flow out. The blessing of God, the, the Holy Spirit, is more like a river than a lake. At least it's meant to be. Rivers flow and go somewhere. Lakes just sort of sit there. You know, water in a lake can get stagnant. But water in a river that flows brings life. Guess what God wants? Guess what He wants the Holy Spirit to be like in your life? The river of God. The scripture describes it and we talk of it. So encounter is important. That's why we've called it encounter evenings. We need to encounter God afresh in order that we might then be a blessing to others. In order that we might then love people who are far from God. Love those who don't know Jesus yet. His power for mission, power to witness. So I want to encourage you. Please do all you can to get to these new encounter nights. Listen, we had a fantastic time on Wednesday night. If you weren't there, if you weren't able to be there, then I'm sorry about that, but you missed out. We had a great time, really. It was a wonderful time of worship and encountering God together, prophesying over one another, doing it a little bit differently. But it was fun. God was there. We met with Him. He filled us afresh. And we prayed. We haven't forgotten the prayer bit. But we prayed for ourselves, one another, for our church. And importantly, we prayed for our nation. Friends, we need to be doing that at this time. No matter what your political opinion is and where you sit on different perspective on things, we need to pray. We need to pray. Pray for our leaders. Regardless of what you might think of them, whether you support them or not, that isn't the point. The Bible says to pray. And our confidence is not in who's in government or who's leading this thing, but our confidence is in the Lord's. So friends, I want to ask you, pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for wisdom. So we were praying for our nation and indeed the nations as well on Wednesday night. We had a great time doing that. We encounter the Lord and then we demonstrate that to others. Next on the list, I'm pushing on really hard, trying to honor time, is to serve the city. We're going to love God, love one another, love those who don't know Jesus yet and serve the city. Serving the city means that we look for really practical ways to bless people in the name of Jesus. To show God's love in a practical way. Is that important? Yes, it is. Do you remember what the Lord said to Jeremiah? Do you remember what he said in Jeremiah 29? Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, Jeremiah is writing to a people who didn't think much of the city that they had found themselves in. They wanted to be elsewhere. But rather than make escape plans, God tells them to settle down, to marry, to pray for the city, to build, to seek the city's prosperity and its peace. Basically, he's telling them to love the city. 
to love the place where he has planted them. You know what? He tells us to do the same. To love the place where he has planted us. God called me to Derby very clearly. I knew it. God spoke. Even before I'd been here. God spoke about moving here, starting a new church here, starting to, to see people one for Christ and people blessed and reached. And so I did with some other crazy people who thought that might be a good idea as well. And you've joined the journey at some point along the way. Derby has changed an awful lot in the last 15 or 20 years or so. And I love what's happening here. It's a really vibrant, exciting place to be. I, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. But God calls us to love and to bless and to serve the city that he's called us to. You might have ended up here because you came here for uni. You might have ended up here because you came following somebody else. Maybe God called you this place. Maybe you grew up here. There might be a dozen reasons why you've ended up in this city. But whatever that reason was, God calls you to love it and to bless it and to serve it. And in doing so, to honour him. So we seek to serve the city in a, a whole variety of different ways and there's some projects we do now and now. There are many that we will do in the future. You may know of some of them. One example is Smile. I was there yesterday. Smile is a respite facility for children with additional needs. And we run it once a month to give uh, parents and carers a well-earned break. And it's a great project. I know many of you are involved in it and have been at different times it's a fantastic way of loving people, blessing them, and serving the city. That's one example. Another example we've talked about recently uh, is partnering with Faith, Hope, and Enterprise. Kevin's talked about this as we seem to come alongside some of the residents that they care for and work with. And that's beginning to happen. There's some training going on, and we're looking at ways that we can make that work. That's another way of us looking and saying, how can we serve here? How can we be a blessing? How can we demonstrate and show the love of Jesus? Recently, we've uh, provided what we call baby bags for babies that are coming into foster care in our city. And we've provided a, a gift bag which has got a whole bunch of stuff in, some essentials like nappies and wipes and, and baby grows, all those sort of things that babies need, uh, plus a gift for the baby as well and a gift for the foster carer. And we thought often babies come into care with nothing, literally just the clothes they have on. We know that, that that's happened. We've, we've taken in uh, babies like that. Literally just come in the car seat and what you see is what you get. That's it. And we thought, you know what, how about we seek to bless babies that come into care like that. And we've been working with uh, the, uh, the local council, with the fostering department at Derby City, and we provided a whole load of these bags, which I know have been well received. Because I keep hearing different stories about these bags and where they've gone. And uh, I'm in different meetings with the authorities sometimes and just hear about these bags and different social workers saying, oh yeah, I had this child come into care at the last minute. We had nothing. So I just grabbed one of these bags and went to the foster carer with the baby and that got them going. It was enough to get them through the first night and then they could get some other supplies the following day. And they were so thrilled that there was this thing on hand to so just grab a bag and go. That's us. 
seeking to bless the city and to serve people and, and love them. We've, we've heard from other foster carers as well how grateful they've been uh, of what these supplies have done for them. So for those of you who are part of that, thank you. We probably need to be doing it again, I would think, uh, to, to replenish some of those things. And there are projects run in the city by other people like Derby City Mission, who we've talked about already, celebrating 30 years next weekend. Things like street pastors, things like the church's night shelter, and a whole bunch of other things we don't have time to talk of this morning. All sorts of ways of serving the city and blessing people and loving them in Jesus' name. Friends, it's important. It's part of our DNA. It's who we are. It's what God has spoken to us about, to love him, to love one another, love those who don't know Jesus yet and serve the city. Finally, God calls us to reach the nations, to have our eyes firmly fixed on the nations. And you could be sitting here this morning thinking, well, Graham, if, if we just do what you talked about doing in serving the city, we'll be doing well. And that's true. And sometimes you could think, oh, have we really got the capacity or the energy or the time or the resources to think of nations as well? well? The answer is it's what God calls us to. So it has to be yes. So it's not either or. It's not local or nations, but rather it's both ends. We say, Lord, what are you saying to us? What are you speaking to us about? We don't have time this morning to look through all the verses in the Old and New Testament that talk about this thing, but right from the very beginning of the Bible, right in Genesis, you find that Abraham's call was that he would start a nation that would be a blessing to other nations. Genesis 12, verse 3. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Even right then, right at the beginning, there was a bigger picture at work. And God calls us to see that bigger picture, both in terms of other nations and the nations that he's put on our doorstep. Now, I love living in a vibrant, multicultural place. Very different to the place I grew up in. But listen, it's great. You can reach other nations without getting on an aeroplane just by getting on a bus. Because many are here in this city. We have an opportunity to touch, to bless, to and reach them with the love of God. But as well as that, we have opportunity to be a blessing in some other nations as well. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to hear from uh, my good friend, uh, friend Sam Little. He's going to be talking about uh, him and Abby, his wife, and their kids. They're off to Cambodia at the end of the year. And he's going to be talking a little bit about their journey. Cambodia is a place that God has put on our hearts over the last few years, I've been there numerous times now. Susan served out there for uh, uh, an extended summer period a few years ago as well. And it feels like God is stirring us about this place that's on the other side of the world. But we've got an opportunity to be a blessing there. We have been in different ways already. We've got more opportunities ahead of us, both in Cambodia and, as we'll hear in coming months, in some other places as well. God is calling us to an amazing and exciting journey. If you're already part of Jubilee, you may have heard some of these stories before, but that's okay because I wanted to remind us. 
if you're looking in or here for the first time or newer amongst us, then it's good that you can hear some of the things that God is speaking to us about because you might be thinking, well, what's this church about? Well, really, we try and be about what God is about. Listen, we don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. But we do our best to say, well, what's God said already? And how do we put that into practice? How do we build a church that is firmly based on the Word of God, but full of the life of the Spirit? That's what we're trying to do. More recently, we redefined our vision as Jubilee being a vibrant community shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word, and sent to the nations. And so next week, I want to look at that and also consider some of the prophetic words that God has spoken to us about in the past and some of the things that God is stirring us about at the moment and ask you to play your part in that and to be part of this journey that God has called us on together. Is that all right? Why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray and uh, then we'll close. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your presence with us. And we thank you that you have called this church into being. Father, thank you for every church in this city that honors you, that loves you and is going after you. God, we pray for your blessing on them. We, we know many of them and, and honor and love their leaders. Now we pray even this morning once again for, for Ian, the vicar at St. Altman's, battling cancer. We say, God, come to him, Lord. Bless his church. Break in, Lord. Bring healing to him. Bless that family of God in that place. Lord, we, we, we love and honor these other communities of life around our city. We thank you for them. But we also thank you for what you're doing here. And God, we pray you'd continue to bless, continue to grow, continue to equip us, Lord. Lead us forward on this journey that you've got us on. And Lord, help us to honor you in everything we do. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.